Welcome to a special episode of the New Thinking for a New World podcast series focused on leadership. Today's world is short of a lot of things, hope, peace, prosperity. But what it lacks most is dynamic, innovative, global, values-based leadership. If we can find or nurture the right leaders, the rest will follow. Listen to two great leaders, technologist Nithya Ramanathan and entrepreneur Cecilia Wegstrom discuss how great leaders can change everything. What a joy and privilege it's been to have been part of the jury this year with such an esteemed group of colleagues and what a hard job it was to sift through all those amazing applications. But early on, I have to say, you know, your work, Nithya, just stood out and I was truly inspired by uh, by what you're doing. So I'm just super glad to be actually in this situation when I get to interview you. And thank you, Nithya, for joining us. So you are the chief exec and co-founder of NextLeaf Analytics, a tech nonprofit dedicated to preserving human life and protecting the planet. And by way of an introduction, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself, who you are, how you ended up working in this space? What inspired you and what got you started? And Cecilia, thank you so much. Um, it's it's a real pleasure to get to speak with you. And thank you to the Talberg Foundation. This entire process, as, as uh, all important events, the process itself has been extremely just illuminating. So I've, I've been really appreciative. Uh, I got started, really, you could say at a young age, uh, right from when I was growing up, dinner table conversations were always about uh, what is true, uh, what is objective. Um, I had a father who was a climate scientist and uh, a mom who ended up becoming a writer. And so dinner table conversations were never light in our household. Uh, I was an engineer in Silicon Valley and I, I was designing computer chips. And as Alan said, I, I, I was never excited about designing that faster computer. So when I went to graduate school, uh, I was working with one of the early pioneers of the internet, Deborah Estrin, and uh, got a chance to start to explore how to build sensors and technology systems to better understand our environment. So I got really interested in arsenic poisoning in the groundwater in Bangladesh, uh, an issue that affects millions of people in that area, and really how better data and sensor systems could actually help us identify the solutions to those problems. I ended up getting really connected with the communities there. I'm Indian, um, but culturally uh, in Bangladesh, uh, there were a lot of similarities in the village. And I found that the women and children were really, really looking to me to solve the problem. And yet I knew at the end of the day that as a researcher, I wasn't going to be able to actually bring about scale and sustainable solutions for that uh, community, let alone the region. And so when I left, I was really frustrated with the entire situation, the um, the sort of stagnation of just better understanding a problem without actually solving and sustaining a solution. So when I left, I actually w- left committed to building sustainable solutions that would actually solve problems. And I saw how big data and technology was a critical part of that. Amazing. Um, how, I mean, we as Lego Group, we often talk about our mission being to inspire and develop builders of tomorrow. So what was it? really that the purpose or the mission of your organization came to be as as you took your steps in this space? So I saw early on that there was this tension between uh, scaling solutions and 
really sustainably solving a problem. So our mission early on was bringing data in order to save lives and doing that in a way that was going to collectively develop solutions that would work. I found in the development sector, it tends to be quite top-down often. Um, You have a lot of multilateral agencies often coming to countries and telling them what to do. And so as we built data systems, um, as we've built, gotten involved in the vaccine supply chain and clean cooking, uh, bringing clean energy to households, a key value and component in, for how we work is ensuring that we're actually serving not only the communities, but also countries. Um, often government is a bad word, um, but really, especially in the poorest 80 countries, um, most of the health systems are government operated and government run. And so we found that there's incredible value in actually partnering with and serving the government um, and country priorities. And we bring data to that equation. Um, In general, we see now truth is under attack. um, Debate is shut down. That is one of the huge values that Talberg brings to the global sector. And similarly, I found that data actually does that as well that when you have objective data and you can bring that to a conversation, it completely changes what's done. And so I've seen rural health clinic um, technicians suddenly be able to ensure that an entire health system in that region is operating because they had access to objective data. Um, And not only one individual, but really the collective. And I found that when you've got multiple women looking at a dashboard, these are rural Indian women who haven't necessarily gone to school, But looking at the data, looking at a dashboard, being able to come together and say, yeah, this actually reflects my experience. I found that this clean cook stove doesn't work for me. And this data actually proves it. It actually amplifies the voice of even the most rural communities um, in order to speak to the most powerful um, foundations and government. So there's really this leveling of the playing field that we've seen happen when we bring objective data to complex systems. Do you know leaders that sound like these? Leaders, young or old, who are changing the world. Who are not content with what is and are willing to work for what could be. If so, nominate them for the Talberg SNF Eliasson Global Leadership Prize at talbergprize.org. That's T-A-L-L-B-E-R-G prize.org. Amazing. You actually talk a lot in your work about how you joined forces with ministries of health around the world and your how you, your technology is protecting the vaccine supply now of one in 10 babies born on Earth. I mean, how do you see leadership and the role of a leader in creating such a systemic change? So I learned lessons around leadership uh, through what was almost a catastrophic failure. Uh, This was about five years ago, and we were partnering with the Ministry of Health in India. And I came in thinking that I knew all the answers. And uh, that's a really weak place to be, um, as I think all uh, good leaders know. And uh, we were in the process of scaling uh, the sensor technology to uh, over half of the clinics across the country in India. And we learned early on through disagreement with the Ministry of Health um, and the priorities, really how to balance what we knew from objective data and what the actual priorities and realities were on the ground and how to actually bring those things together. And so 
now as we um, work closely with ministries of health, I have learned uh, just how important that partnership is and how often countries are actually neglected in this discussion. And so one of the reasons that our sensor technology, which, um, as you mentioned, Cecilia, does protect the vaccine supply now for one in 10 babies born on Earth, um, this technology is deployed in over 25 countries and it is in large part because of that partnership with ministries of health. Um, I will say it's not rocket science to build a temperature sensor. Um, and even working with this data is, um, you know, that's not the complexity of what we do. It's really understanding the realities of the ground, understanding what are the priorities of the ministries of health around the world, and ensuring that we can bring data to actually help them build their solutions. And so now we are in this uh, moment in time. Um, the world has never had to come together to actually address the global pandemic um, in the way that we have. We have never had to distribute the same item to almost every single person on earth. So while developing the vaccine was an incredible breakthrough, we have this opportunity as we develop systems in order to get this vaccine to every person on earth to actually build systems that will be built to last for future generations. This is not just about COVID. Building a strong, resilient backbone for public health that can deliver a COVID vaccine can actually serve generations to come. And we have found that in these conversations with ministries of health, data has been a critical tool for them in order to not only plan for now, but really building resilient systems for the future. Thank you. I mean, it seems like there's some themes that really come through strongly uh, in the work that you're talking about. There's sort of, you know, you mentioned a lot about data, but data as a tool for empowerment and leveling the playing field and creating conversations with multiple stakeholders where no one has more information than the other, but everyone's actually coming together around the same insight and how that can then generate new ideas and solutions. But also, I guess you speak to that theme of togetherness that Jan Eliasson talked about earlier, how that can really bring together new solutions and also create something that is more sustainable for the future. I mean, what are the leadership lessons really from all of, I guess, this year and, and where you've got to today that you're now taking forward into the future? And, and how do you want to do things differently to, to get us to... a more hopeful future. One of the most critical principles um, and lessons for me is around collective learning and collective leadership. Um, I firmly have, I firmly believe because of my experiences, how critical um, it is um, to bring people together around um, collective uh, ideals that are shared um, and have data underpin those ideals. Um, I've seen too often when technology and data become the end goal itself and how actually destructive that can be. And so um, for me, a big part of my leadership, the second sort of principle is around humility. Um, it's critical that we are humble, um, both because of you know the power structures that exist um, and the differentials, but also because data be can, can become its own sort of monster. Um, and so, for example, you know, part of my leadership has been around advocating very strongly for data sovereignty. Um, countries must have the rights of um, ownership to their data. Um, it's been said often data is a, a rich resource. Um, it's you know, the new oil. 
Um, and I, I really see that it is a, a resource um, and a potential avenue for even wealth generation for countries. And so countries owning their own data, that sovereignty um, is a big part of um, equity. Um, and tying that back is, is critical to collective learning. I found how the conversation changes when a country actually owns their data, they're able to step in to um, sort of the global dialogue in a completely different way and in a much more empowered way. So these are the principles that really guide me is collective learning, um, really ensuring the empowerment of everybody around me, both on my team as well as um, the leaders that I serve uh, around the world. Fantastic. We're almost reaching the end of our time together here, but I thought before we part ways, uh, what would be your advice to all of us coping with a world that needs to be pushed in a better direction? It is so critical that we really support building out global solutions, but that those solutions not come from a top-down perspective, but very much need to be anchored on the realities on the ground. And data is a part of that. Data tells an objective picture, but it's really about us, all of us questioning our assumptions. So as we invest in these systems for scaling a COVID vaccine, as we invest in these more robust systems to get health for all, that each of us are questioning our assumptions and data is part of that, but that we really look not only to our individual perspectives, but what that collective um, vision for the future is and uh, contribute towards that. I think that is the only way that we are going to get to these uh, more resilient, more robust systems um, globally. And I, and I have to sneak in a question because I know, obviously, my own passion is definitely around inspiring the builders of tomorrow, kids of the future to take up careers where they can truly influence a positive change. What would be your you know, advice to kids growing up today who might be looking at what's going on in the world right now and finding it all a bit of a hopeless place to be, but to sort of maybe still not lose the hope, but want to be part of driving that change? What advice would you give them? Uh, so I am a builder at heart. And uh, the advice that I give my children all the time is building for um, solving a concrete problem. Um, often that existential hopelessness, often the assumptions that we make, often the destructive um, ideals that come about are because of these more kind of abstract notions of, of the world. And so I really do have my kids focus on building concrete solutions, bringing their objectiveness uh, wherever they can, um, and also just uh, a commitment to serving. Uh, so that that tends to be those are the principles that our household lives by and uh, what I also uh, love to see uh, thrive in, in other young leaders. Fantastic. That brings us to a close. I just want to thank you, Nithya. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you and truly inspiring to learn more about you and your work. And also on behalf of the jury of the Talberg Eliasson Global Leadership Prize and all of us here today, just a huge congratulations. We will be following your work with much interest and wish you the very best. Thanks again. Thank you for listening. Now it's your turn. Tell us what you think. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, or you can subscribe to our newsletter at talbergprize.org. 
Thanks again, and most importantly, don't forget to nominate a leader whose work deserves to be recognised and imitated. This podcast brought to you through the generous support of SNF, the Stavros Nyarkos Foundation.